Amen. You have your Bibles this morning. Turn to Leviticus chapter 17. The book of Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 17. We're going to look at one verse of Scripture this morning. And I want to answer a question that is asked by many. Why a blood sacrifice? Why is it Jesus Christ had to come and give his life on Mount Calvary? What was the purpose of the shed blood of Jesus Christ? Leviticus chapter 17 verse 11 has this to say. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. The writer of the book of Leviticus was letting us know that in order to receive atonement for our sin, in order to receive forgiveness of our sin, it's going to take a blood sacrifice. Because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin, we're told in God's Word. So as we observe the Lord's Supper today, some may wonder, why did Jesus have to die on the cross? Why did he have to shed his blood and go through the pain and suffering he went through? Was it really necessary for God to send his only son to come to this earth to suffer the pain, to suffer the agony in all that he faced? Isaiah chapter 52 verse 14 tells us that his appearance was so, was so damaged after they got through with the beatings. By the time they took him up to Mount Calvary after all the beatings and all the things that he went through, the cat of nine tails and the hitting and the, and the pulling of the beard. Isaiah said that he barely looked like a man. In fact, Isaiah went on to say his form was so changed you could barely tell he was a human being as he hung there on the cross. Now you try to get a mental picture of that that he was so disfigured, that he was so beaten, that he was so ripped apart, that he just looked like a piece of beef, if you please, hanging on the cross. Why did Jesus do that? Why, why did Jesus have to do such a thing? If we're to understand why Jesus had to go through all that he went through, I think we've got to go back to the very beginning in the Garden of Eden. That's where it all began, that Animals were to be sacrificed. When Adam and Eve sinned, God himself had to kill an animal, you know, shed the blood of that animal in order for, to, to, to make a covering for their nakedness that was caused by their sin. You remember the story there in the book of Genesis after they, after they had sinned and God come to them. They finally realized their nakedness before God and God had to slay an animal and shed that blood of the animal to make a covering... For Adam and Eve. Then as you remember later on there in that story. That Cain and Abel. The two brothers. The, 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 the sons of, of uh, Adam and Eve. You know Cain's sacrifice was unacceptable to God. When they brought a sacrifice. Because all he brought was some fruit. But Abel's sacrifice was accepted by God. Because why? Because he slew an animal and he drained the blood. His offering was a blood sacrifice therefore it was accepted by God 
And then after the great flood, after the waters receded, we know there that Noah sacrificed animals to God as a sacrificial offering to God. But it all goes back to the garden where God had to kill those first animals in order to cover the sin of Adam and Eve. And from that day forward, God would require animal sacrifices to provide a temporary covering for the sins of the people until that perfect sacrifice would come. Until that complete sacrifice would come on the scene. Animal sacrifices were an important theme all throughout the Old Testament. And Paul says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. You see, as time went on, God then chose the nation of Israel to be his special people. And he commanded them to perform some sacrifices, numerous sacrifices, according to the procedures which he would lay down. There was three requirements required for a sacrifice to be acceptable to God. God, John, catch up with me, son. Three sacrifice, three requirements. The first one is the animal had to be spotless. In order for this sacrifice to be accepted by God, this animal that was being offered must be a complete, it must be a perfect spotless animal. In other words, the animal to be sacrificed could have no faults. This animal could have no blemishes. It must be the perfect sacrifice and the best that you had to offer. Because if it wasn't the best that you had to offer, it wouldn't be accepted by God. Folks, when Jesus Christ, that complete sacrifice came on the scene, he fulfilled that requirement. Why? Because Jesus was sinless and Jesus was without spot. So the first requirement was fulfilled in Jesus Christ as that complete sacrifice. The second one is the person offering the sacrifice, they had to identify with the animal. In other words, they had, to, they had to identify with that animal. That animal must be a part of them. The animal being sacrificed must belong to the person seeking remission for their sins. They must have raised that animal or they must have purchased that animal. It could not be an animal that, that, that they found somewhere. It could not be an animal that was culled out of the flock of someone else and given to them. It couldn't even be the animal that was culled out of their flock. Again, they must have an investment of some kind in that animal that was being sacrificed. Again, this requirement was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. How was it fulfilled in Jesus Christ? Because he was the son of the living God. He had identity with the Father. And the third thing, this person offering the animal had to allow death to be inflicted upon the animal. He couldn't just say, well, I, I'm going to offer this, but you can't kill him. I want him back. No, he was, had to, you know, allow the animal to be put to death. And in order to receive remission of the sin, the person must be willing to, to allow this. We're told that Jesus could have called 12 legions of angels as he was on the cross. He had already been beaten. He had already been, you know, uh, mocked. He had already had the hair plucked out of his, his beard. He had already carried that cross up Golgotha Hill. 
And as he was hanging there, he still had the ability to call 12 legions of angels to come take him off that cross. But what was the third requirement? Death must happen in order for the sacrifice to be accepted by God. Jesus Christ knew the only hope for redemption for you and me, the only hope for redemption of mankind would to allow his son to suffer death. Wow. He was willing to allow death to be inflicted upon his only begotten son as a sacrifice for you and as a sacrifice for me. Stop and think about that. That's what this day is all about. Remembering that Jesus Christ was that supreme sacrifice and that God was willing to give his only begotten son because he so loved you and he so loved me. Look, when a person brought their sacrifice to the temple and these three criteria was met and it was done in faith, their sacrifice was accepted by God, but it was only a temporary sacrifice that would be covering their sin. But every year it had to be redone and redone and redone because it was a temporary covering for their sin. Now, why then do we no longer have animal sacrifices today? Because animal sacrifices ended because Jesus Christ was that ultimate, was that perfect sacrifice that was to come, that was to come. You know, remember John the Baptist, as John the Baptist was baptizing there on the banks of the Jordan, and he had been baptizing all day, and all of a sudden, here comes a person down the, the little path to be baptized, and as John looked, he saw who it was. And you remember John's words? He said, behold. Behold simply means, look at here. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin. Of the world. Throw that up, John. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. What was John saying? Right there, right there is that perfect Lamb that we have all been waiting on. Right there is the perfect Lamb that is going to do away with sin forever. No more yearly sacrifices because that Lamb that is coming that toward me now is that perfect sacrifice. Boy, can you imagine being there that day and listening to John? Look, some may ask, why animals? Animal hadn't done no wrong. Why sacrifice an animal? And that's precisely the point. Animals did no wrong. Okay? They died in the place of the one receiving or desiring remission of sin or forgiveness of sin. The animal did no wrong. And you know what? Jesus Christ did no wrong, but he willingly gave himself to die for your sins. He did no wrong. In fact, we're told that he was perfect. He was without sin while he was here on this earth. So just like the animal that was sacrificed did no wrong, Jesus Christ himself did no wrong, but his blood was shed for your sin. His blood was shed for my sin. As Paul said in 1 Timothy 2.6, he gave his life a ransom for all mankind. Jesus, who knew no sin, took our sin upon himself and died in our place. And Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.21, he says this, God made him, Jesus, okay, who had no sin to be sin 
for me, for be sin for you, to be sin for all of us, so that in him, Jesus Christ, we might become the righteousness of God. That word righteousness simply means in right standing with God. It was through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. It was through the, the precious blood of that perfect lamb, folks, that we can be in right standing with God. There's no other way for you and I to be in right standing with God outside the precious blood of Jesus Christ, that perfect sacrifice. Now, the next thing is through faith in what Jesus Christ accomplished on, on the cross, the shedding of his blood. Folks, we can receive forgiveness of our sins. Listen, if you're here this morning and you've never been saved, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you're still in your sins. And what we're told is the only way to cover those sins, the only way for those sins to become forgiven is through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Why? Because without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Jesus has already shed that blood on your behalf in your place. And if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, then you've never accept, uh, accepted that sacrifice that he made for you. And this morning he's wanting you to accept that sacrifice and have your sin forgiven. In summation, animal sacrifices were commanded by God so that all men, could experience forgiveness of their sins. The animal served as a substitute. The animal died in place of the sinner. But again, it was only temporary. And that's why they had to be offered every year, every year, every year. However, animal sacrifices, folks, stopped with the coming of Jesus Christ as he was that ultimate sacrificial substitute once and for all. Once and for all. You see, once you accept this sacrifice, you don't have to do it all the time. It's a one and done deal. A one and done deal. You accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You, 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 you allow his blood to cover your sin, and it's for an eternity. It's for an eternity. The Old Testament animal sacrifices, what they was all about was they foreshadowed Christ's sacrifice on our behalf. It was, you know, showing us what is to come. They pointed to what was is to come, and Jesus was that which was to come. The entire Old Testament points toward the great sacrifice of that which is to come, and that is Jesus' sacrificial giving of his own life on our behalf. God speaking to Moses in Leviticus, what did he say? For the life of a creature is in the blood. Okay? And I have given it to you. What has he given to us? The blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of his precious son. I have given it to you to make an atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood of Jesus Christ. It is that precious blood of that perfect sacrificial lamb that makes atonement for one's life, for your life, for my life. 
Yes, Jesus was that supreme sacrifice of which the entire Old Testament pointed toward, and his sacrifice has made it possible for you and for me to have our sins forgiven and experience a personal relationship with God the Father if we only by faith accept that blood sacrifice. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11 through 14 has this to say. But Christ being come a high priest of what? Of good things to come. Well, there's nothing greater than salvation in Jesus Christ. There's some good things to come for those who accept him. By a greater and more perfect tabernacle. A tabernacle not made with hands. That is to say, not of this building. Neither, look at this, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, Jesus Christ, his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, once into the holy place, and has attained eternal, eternal redemption for us. Not a yearly thing, eternal. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of heifers, uh, you know, sprinkled uh, the unclean, sanctified through the purity of the flesh, in other words, if, if the blood of bulls and goats and calves could cover your sin for a year, look what he says in verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ do? How much more shall the blood of Christ, he says, who, went, who, who, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works for the purpose of serving the living God? Serving the living God. Look, here Paul confirms the symbolism of blood as life and, and applies the passage in Leviticus 17, you know, to the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus. You know, verse 12 states clearly that the Old Testament blood sacrifices was temporary. It only covered the sins for a short time. But Jesus Christ, he says, when he came on the scene and he shed that precious blood, folks, it was eternal redemption forever and ever maybe that's what jesus meant as he was hanging there on the cross his blood had done flowed from his body there was blood pooled up at the bottom of the cross and as jesus drew his last breath after shedding that precious blood for your sins and my sins you remember his final words it is finished and we're told he bowed his head and gave up the ghost what was finished? You say, his life was finished. What, what does that mean? When Jesus said, it is finished, he was saying that never again would the blood of bulls and goats cleanse men from their sin. That's finished. That's finished. It's over with. Only by accepting Jesus' blood on the cross can you receive remission of sin. Remission simply means forgiveness of your sin. Only by accepting Jesus, we can stand before God covered in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Paul has this to say, or he had this to say, for he hath made himself sin for us who knew no sin, that we may be the righteousness of God. 
Listen, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you're not in right standing with God. Again, that's what the word righteous means. You're not in right standing with God. You're an enemy of God. You're anti-God. You say, I ain't anti-God. I believe in God. You're anti-God because you're not in a relationship with him. Smooth it over all you want, but that's the fact. You're not in a relationship with him. But this morning, as we remember this Lord's Supper, it's all about you being able to get in that right fellowship with God, the right standing with God. The righteousness you can have with God can only come through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Listen, if you're here this morning and you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, folks, before we go any further in this service this morning, we're going to give you that opportunity to do just that. We're going to give you that opportunity. We're going to have the praise team come up again and, and sing a song, and we're going to have an altar call during this song. So if you're here today and you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, while they sing this song, I'm going to invite you to come. The name of the song is Create in Me a Clean Heart. And maybe this morning, if you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, you, you need a clean heart within your life. And as they sing, I want to just invite you to come. Let us read you some scripture. Let us show you how to receive a remission of sin as a result of the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Would you do that? Thank you. 